Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What's going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer here from Blue and Gold with this week's Mike Goolsby Show. And, of course, uh, joining me is former Irish captain and linebacker um, Mike Goolsby. And we do have a pretty special guest uh, for this week's show. Please do, folks, hit the thumbs up on this video um, and subscribe to our channel uh, for more content. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a good show uh, with a couple of former uh, Notre Dame captains uh, chopping it up and talking some Notre Dame um, football and uh, yeah, here, here's Tom Zibikowski. Uh, these two guys, I- I'm honored to be on a show with today, and uh, t- I-, I bet the Tennessee Vols don't like these guys too much, considering that these two defensive players uh, scored three touchdowns against them. Um, uh, Tom, how you doing today, man? Zibby, with us? Tom, can you hear us? Man, no, you're breaking up. I heard something about some touchdowns, but then I only heard the last part. Well, that's what you, you said. Did, if, man. I'm with, if, if I'm with you guys, you scored touchdowns at Notre Dame. Just, just how you doing today? We uh, joy the internet. No, man. now you're good. Now you're good. Wait, 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 wait. We might have to. Uh... Yeah, if it's glitching, we could we had some technical difficulties leading into it. Can you hear me, Tom? It, I, I would just Let's try have... a different device, and uh, we can just if you want to try a different device, and you can just come back. All right, all right, hold on. 
Uh, it is so frustrating, you know. All right. <laughs> For those of us that aren't technically savvy, I'm all sure. All right, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to bring Zibby in now. I'm the worst. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear us? All right. Yeah. Take a deep breath, Tom. I think we're golden. <sighs> Thank you, dear baby Jesus. You can I see me fine. You can see me fine like this. We're golden. We're live. Right, we can right, see right. you. However many all people right. are watching. Yeah, dude, we're good. Zib. Yep. So I was trying to think like how to tee this thing off, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always kind of looked at you as like my little brother when we were at school. You remember yeah. we used to always be in the ice baths after practice and all that? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what's my first memory of Zibby? And it was during training camp your freshman year, dude. And I remember, because I didn't pay attention to recruiting or anything really. And like your, your class showed up. I remember you ran down as a gunner on the punt team. In the very next snap, you were the fucking punt returner. Like, yeah. boom, boom, back to back. And I was like, who is this kid? You know? <laughs> but that's my first memory of Zibby. Where did that uh... – and I was telling Singer before you came Mine on. was on my recruiting visit. You guys had after the Gator Bowl, after uh, – whatchamacallit? Recru- or, uh, banquet weekend, I came in on my official after you guys played the, the Gator Bowl. Who was your host? Jared Clark, but it was pretty much you. So I, I, I don't remember that, dude. And folks, yeah. see, like CTE is real. I don't remember that. What did we do? We get I'm no. Sure we, we were Jared. We went. We went. Uh, I mean, it was that whole crew, like Frisano, you, Jared Clark, Green, Two Door, uh, Chevy Yukon, whoever it was. I thought it was, yeah, it was Jared's truck. Yeah, it was yeah. Jared's truck. And then Boat Club, for sure. Boat Club. I mean, just took over Boat Club. Nice, man. Yeah, dude. So when you were uh, – was it Notre Dame? Like when I was recruited, man, like it was kind of like when they came – Notre Dame came in the picture, it was like Notre Dame. Yeah. Is that how the it was? First, yeah, because the first college game I ever watched was 1993 Notre Dame-Florida State. Okay. And my brother was a big Florida State fan. Everyone was a Florida State fan. I was a little bit too. My dad watched that game, loved Charlie Ward, started implementing like a two – a little two platoon offense and at the peewee level. Not that I was playing on it. He was winning championships. I was getting my ass kicked. But hey, shout out uh shout out Ed Zibikowski, by the way. Man, he's a man. And Sue and and my mom Sue is always she she filmed every game and he uh was smart enough to introduce me to football and then never really coach me, let other coaches coach me separate that uh father player relationship but i do remember an early memory going to practice of him saying you know when we get there don't call me dad call me coach you call me coach hey going back to that florida state thing dude yeah i might i I feel like i'm i completely agree with you because i remember watching that game with my dad who's you know irish catholic and i was like how how unfair it was that like we weren't going to national championship even though we had beat you know, Florida State, but lost to Boston College. That, I think, is what – I had that game on VHS way back when. Yeah. But that's fantastic. It was a – man, it was great offense. There was great – a lot of great players in that game. There was a lot of that's a birth to, you know, some modern offenses came out of that. Um, Lou was running option stuff. A lot of that spread stuff was all with him. It's not like Urban Meyer didn't learn what he was doing at his time at, with Notre Dame, kind of take all that stuff and move on. And Urban was at Florida when you were in high school. Is that right? 
He was at Bowling Green. That's right. He recruited yeah. the shit out of you. Didn't he like yeah. love you? Man, it was the first, the first, the first offer I got. Seven a.m. as a junior, the first day you can get offer. I got a phone call from him got about it. Bowling Green, and then Randy Walker in Northwestern next. I loved Randy Walker. It's just you know those facilities back then. It's like you know it's a world of difference than what it looks like now. My memory of Randy Walker was how little he was. Remember how yeah, tiny, tiny he was? Tiny, tiny, tiny. Well, I was like, this but I mean, Frank Solich, Frank Solich was like that too. Frank Solich was a little dude that could carry that, you know I mean? Carried some weight as he walked around. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They, they definitely were. So, yeah, the couple of things, like going back to like that Florida State, those like Holtz ND teams, they had a lot of star power, Tom. Yeah. Ricky yeah, Waters. I, I loved Ricky Waters. I loved all those dudes. I love I was a running back, so all those offensive guys he had, Rocket, uh, all the running backs, Autry Denson. It just seemed like there was running backs all the time that could do that was fun to watch. Did you see yourself uh I'm kind of segueing to like your all's like recruiting class with Weiss's yeah. first year? Like like that was like you know, the different eras of Notre Dame football, like your class, for whatever reason, like you all had star power between you and Jeff and like Victor and Trevor, like Brady. Um, right timing. I mean, you guys set it up too. you guys with that little poke into playing Oregon State and making that run like you guys did. You guys set us up, put, you know, kind of. It's very kind of you. It's very kind it, of you, dude. Well, it was, um, you know, it was only one or two years a little down and then. Getting back into BCS games, we got our asses kicked in the BCS game. So, I mean, it's uh, – we did, man. For me, honestly, I saw how much it care. I saw how much Notre Dame meant to you. I did see – you know, I was telling whoever that it was. It seemed like I was a younger brother to you. I always appreciated uh, – you know, when I went there. When I left, man, when I left my sophomore – I wouldn't be there's I would have never finished at Notre Dame if it wasn't for you. I never would have went there if it wasn't for Mickey Marathi, and I probably would have okay. never stayed. I never would have stayed if it wasn't for you. So I gotta tell the audience that story. And I didn't, you know, your memory plays tricks on you, right? 20 years yeah, always. Yeah. So you're out there balling during training camp. Spring ball, all the spring ball, training camp, dime. The they they list the depth chart comes out for dime, and I'm still buried on it. And I just and here's the thing was, it was 2004. This was the Olympic year for me to, as a boxer, that's all I wanted to do um, was represent America in the Olympics, fight in the Olympics, fight internationally. And for me, that was my year that I thought I could have been in Athens. I figured I'd put that aside because I can play football. I love it. Let's see what we can do. And I just was impatient at the time. I'm really glad I came back and it all worked out, but... Whew, it was close to, you know, I mean, going the other direction. That's why I feel for all these kids with this portal stuff. It's uh Well, I gotta take I gotta take you two steps back again. So you and I know that story. Yeah. I didn't know if that happened your freshman year, but it was during training camp. Sophomore year, sophomore year. Sophomore freshman year training year. camp. Yeah. Is that would have been Willingham's first year, I think? Or second third year. Third year. So, yeah, whatever it was, but depth chart comes out, Zibby's not starting. And then you dipped, like you got in the yeah. car and like went home. And I remember I didn't even have a cell phone. No, and, I was like, <laughs> and then I remember like calling, borrowing somebody's cell phone to like call you to be like, 
you know, come back. It's like, and that's like that memory. And then you playing Gunner in the punt return thing. It's all kind of tied together in my brain. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, how did you, was it your dad? And I'm going to like, and I'm talking to you, bro. I'm talking to you almost like through a fan's perspective. Right. No, I hear you. Cause that's, who's going to watch it. But like, yeah, you talk about that bowl game, right. Where you guys got your ass beat by Ohio state, but like you ran Ted Ginn down and like punched the ball out. Like yeah, your style of play, yeah. like that legit toughness. Did that come from just your DNA? Did that come from your dad coaching you? Like what made, uh, you, what made you, you as a player? My, the things I saw as a kid, the thing I saw my family going through as a kid, um, seeing my mom fight for her life when I was not old enough to speak, barely old enough to walk, uh, see my brother with a big head as a eight year old with wires attached to his head in a glass box. You know what I mean? As a older brother, uh, as a four year old, when your older brother looks at you in a helpless way, picture stays in your mind. And when he loves baseball, when he loves football, and he's the one that introduces you to football. Uh, for me, it was always hearing my dad's voice, my mom record our games, uh, and my brother taking me. Just it meant um, it wasn't just winning. It wasn't just winning and losing for me. You know, it was a brotherhood and making sure if I told you you can really, if you if I told you I was going to be in a, a position, I mean, come higher hell water, I'm going to be there. Um, and as time goes by, you, you join a sport that appreciates that and values that. And then, uh, I guess you thrive in the environment. So it's a, so it's an accountability thing, accountability, yeah. to your family, accountability, to your teammates. It was, and it was, uh, a burning desire to not, you know, feel, uh, felt good to run. It felt good to score touchdowns. It felt good to tackle. It felt good to do all that. Um, you didn't want to you didn't want just, Man, if it, yeah, no, 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 not in the least bit. <laughs> I felt, you know, and here's, and the honesty, like I told my brother he was never going to be able to play. I really just wanted to show um, if I can do it and my brother's a 6'5 version of me, you know what I mean? That was that's really what I just wanted to present to the world any way I could. If I'm the badass, what the you know what I mean? WTF do you think he was, or could I, have been, or would have been, or whatever? No, in the athletics world, not that he is in life. He is my true. I've seen somebody fight for his life, his entire life, and um, you know it changes it. you. It makes it makes it makes something. You know it changes you. It changes you at an early age. I get it. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and I train kids on the side, Tom. I know you used to kind of do that. You're in coaching. I want to get into that. But, like, I try to tell my kids, man, it's like, like, there's nothing sadder than, like, wasted potential. And, like, why yeah. be average? Like, go try and yeah. be great, you know? And yeah. you were like, a, do you, do, did you, like, when you were at ND, dude, like, this is, like, the Weiss era? Because you started to, like, pop off. Like, my senior year, the year Willingham yeah. got fired, you made some plays. But, like, did you realize – how big of a celebrity you like were and kind of still are like in the Notre Dame kind of fandom. You know what I mean? Did you, did you like, yeah, no, I mean a little there? bit, I would just, I would notice when I would see 
number nine jersey sold, but your name's not on it. So it still could be Tony Rice. It still could be this guy. It still could be that guy. I don't know who it is. I know <laughs> during my cool. time, there's during 05, during 05, 06, 07, there was a lot of number nine jerseys being worn. Um, and a lot of Mohawks in the stands come 06. I forgot about the Mohawk, dude. Yeah. I forgot about that. But no, you know what I mean? I really, um, don't think I've accomplished anything. So me, I've always, um, it's a sickness, you know, my pops, my mom, they wish I could, uh, and I do. I mean, I understand I've done things that probably no one else is going to do. I mean, no one else is going to have a pro debut at Madison square Dog garden when they're 20 years old and they'd be drafted a year or two later in the third round. Like that shit's not going to happen again. No, no. So I would, uh, unless my son does it, but I mean, I can, I can, I can relate in that you're hard on yourself. I think you're even like, even doing this podcast, dude, I'm like, I want, you know, I want it to, I want it to be the best podcast. You know, yeah. Anything you, you kind of sink your teeth into, you want to be great. I, yeah, I don't so think it makes life. It makes what, I mean, that's what you. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a wire. I don't need to be, I don't need to be the best. I just need to be the best version of me. I enjoy that um, task and it, keeps your mind busy on not trying to find happiness. You ain't never going to find happiness. You find happiness when you stop looking for it, when you're working, you're searching, you set goals, you keep falling short. But I mean, you have perspective on things and realize this is a fight. It's a dog fight. You got to keep fighting. You got to keep fighting. You got to keep moving forward. New things. You can't just be one thing. I'm never going to just be a football player. If I'm planning on coaching, I'm I'm not going to just be a football coach. I've been a fireman. I've been a dad. I've been a brother. I've been other things than just fighter, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, whatever it is that you're doing right now. So what is it that the men of past have done? It's renaissance, man. They've always kind of been a little bit of everything. We need to keep that tradition going. That's fascinating, dude, because I – even as a little boy, I can remember that time, like you'd meet yeah. the, the, somebody from the greatest generation and they were like a dairy farmer and then they were a yeah. postal worker. And then do it all, from, man. Do it they all. They lived a full <laughs> life. And I think that you and I both have lived pretty freaking full lives for being, yeah. you know, I don't know if you're 40 yet, but. 37, but still we're just getting going, man. I had I had two grand, grand, grandmothers that lived to 102 years old. So if that's the case, man, I still got along. I still, I'm still in that drive face. We're still in that work face. My mom worked till she was 70 years old. Plus, you got to take into account, you know, medicine, technology, advances. Shoot, if you ain't playing it for 120 years old or something, <laughs> you're, dumb, you're a dummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, if you're trying to. So, you're, so what brought you back to football, dude? So, just for those that don't know, what are you doing Ooh. now as far as coaching? You know, even after I got, uh, I got done with the Bears – even when I was in the Bears uh, spring OTAs and all that, the fire department that I had taken in 2006 was starting to um, – I was going to have to either take it or pass on it, even if I continued on with my NFL career. Um, it happened to be that I was done playing, slid right into the fire department. Um, Should have ran for mayor, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want that kind of headache. An alderman or some, an alderman or some, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Not that, not that head honcho. <laughs> but it was. Um, I coached a high school season at Lake Forest in 2015. Really wanted to move away from football, get back boxing, 
had three fights. Bard, who at the time um, was the number two cruiserweight in the world, he had only lost to who the eventual heavyweight champ of the world is right now, Alexander Usyk. I sparred him in uh, Big Bear, went toe-to-toe with him for a couple rounds, realized I still had it, still can do it. I mean, this was after five years of no activity. You know what I mean? I come into the ring and can spar the legit number two in the world. And other than conditioning, pretty much handled the situation. So um, being a fireman, it was enough time to dream of training like a world-class athlete, but not really. You know, you really do. Some of those days when you got 16, 17, 18 calls, you're wiped out the entire next day. You really are going to be sleeping for however long it is. And then you got one day to recover and you're back on shift. So it was always a tease that I could fight. Um, and for those that know me, I always, boxing was always number number one in my heart. Um, always wanted to find a way back to it. I always thought that's how, I don't know, my career would end would at least be a, a world title shot or two, or at least in the ring for it. That's but, wild. Yeah, no, because I, the way I remember it, Tom was like the plan was to play ball. Right, yeah. And then, because you told me, or I think your father told me that, like you sort of peak as a boxer around 30 years old. Well, especially cruiserweights and heavyweights, it's all later. It would have been 34 when I would have made a comeback at 34, it would have been prime and hung, hung it up at 40. But I mean, it didn't work out. Coaching peewee football and the youngsters—that's what I mean. They always do it. They sucked me, sucked it. They, they made me love football again. They made me realize why you play. Because I coached where I played peewee football, so I see the same uniforms. You see the same kids coaching sixth and seventh graders. The fifth graders on your team are the toughest ones on your team that are at corner. I got them corner blitzing and a six-two. You know what I mean? Just having an absolute blast doing hamburger drill every single day just carnage carnage on the daily and then them asking when you know i don't know it just it was fun it was i loved it i knew i had to come back to football eventually but i still had the fighting in me so i mean i spent another two three years of training jujitsu muay thai kickboxing boxing wrestling and then was about to fight couldn't fight Went back to coach in Illinois when they had the spring season because of COVID. Yeah. And then after that, as soon as I coached, by the second day I coached in the spring, I was starting to, I guess, realize that, yeah, this is where I'm at right now is where I want to start going. Got it. Yeah, that's interesting, too, like talking about life. Like you might have a plan, but sometimes life Ooh. or God, whatever you depend on, you know, whatever you believe in, they've got another one, right? I always had boxing, man. It was supposed to, that's what it was supposed to be. It was hard. It really was hard to let go, but there's a reason for it. So well, I got to let go and see what it is. So where are you at now then as far as coaching? I've interviewed uh, for the special teams coordinator over at Western Michigan, still waiting to hear back on, I think by Monday, tomorrow or Tuesday or something, I'm supposed to be uh, getting some kind of word back. So how'd you get to why, why Western Michigan? Um, some former coaches of mine helped me, you know, help reach out. I got in touch with Tim Lester last year when I was living in Florida. 
Um, just telling them I want to get into coaching. I'm willing to do whatever. I know I'm going to have to volunteer at least one year. I've been 10 years out of the game. So Crazy. I uh, volunteered. He put me on as a defensive quality control guy. I helped out with safeties, helped out with special teams, spent win every day. I was volunteer, but I mean, I was training for being a coach. I went every day, got myself up at 5.30, put those hours in. I mean, I'm not putting in 12 hours days when you're not paying me, but I was getting up every morning, putting the full workload in, trying to train my mind, train my body for being a college coach, college slash hopefully NFL coach. Oh, is that – so would that be your – I'm letting it take me whatever. I hear you. You can't stay stagnant. If I'm going to be learning, you got to be moving around. You know how it goes. Whatever sure. situations – whatever situations, right, is the right situation. So, I mean, so like, moving. All this, all this life experience that you've got, you know, the ups and downs, like you've had – you've done a lot, bro. So, like, how yeah. does that – if at all, does that transfer into coaching? It helps me relate to a lot of kids. It really does help me formulate a lot of stuff. And um, I think it allows me to be harsh and allows me to be direct. And the boys really eat it up. You know, they really uh, need it. They love it. They crave it. They are really trying to shape themselves into men. They're young men, um, you know, searching and fighting. And if you don't remember those days, I mean, you've, Coming out of high school, you thought it was one way. You thought it was like the movie, the program, and then you get to school and it's a whole different story. It ain't anything like that. Especially Notre Dame. (laughs) (laughs) Other than the training camps of you being laid out after training camp and feeling absolutely awful was about the only thing that for us at Notre Dame was comparable. But I had you best believe nobody's doing your homework but yourself. Nobody's doing your test but yourself. Nobody's going to class for you but yourself. So you better get used to this 6.30 a.m. till 10 p.m. schedule every single day. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're better for it, dude. I tell you, I got a no kid doubt, that's uh, – No doubt. I got a kid that's uh, – he's at Wyoming, kid that I worked with, and he was home over uh, Christmas. I bumped into him, and he's like, dude, nothing. Nothing yeah. you did, you told me. Nothing could have prepared me for, like, freshman training camp. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was no. on the phone – Calling my dad, crying every night. I'm like, bro, been there. We've all been, <laughs> we've all been there. You know, the speed of the NFL was way, fa- you know, I mean, was a bigger transition. But in tor- in, in terms of a bigger shakeup in your life, senior year of college, or senior year of high school to freshman year of college, I think is way, way harsher. So I, I, you know, again, you had a, you had an NFL career, right? I had a cup of coffee, two of them, but uh, yeah. I didn't think the speed was – I didn't find the, the knowledge. Speed. Nobody was – nobody – no no individual is necessarily faster than the than the other people. They just – well, the guys that I played with, I mean, man, they're – you know, those guys. There's a little uh, bit different era, though, too, when you played versus, like, yeah. now, right? Dude, there's so many questions. Like, I'm almost going to go rapid fire. But, like, me, I felt like everybody's technique in the NFL was so much better than in college. Way, right? way better. Like, way Lesser athletes. Lesser athletes that are hungrier and smarter are what the NFL are. And the hungry thing is um, hungry. Hungry as hungry as they can. I mean, as hungry as they make them. It's it's wild how much, and you know the level where they come from. It's not you know it's CFL. They need, they They're coming football. from everywhere, man. They're coming. They're not just coming from Division One. 
all divisions of college, CFL, anywhere. And, and back when we were playing, there was a lot of good players that I played with that were playing in NFL Europe that came from NFL Europe. Yeah, which is now defunct. Yeah, no, I yeah. mean, I, when I my first training camp, dude, I saw. I don't even remember the names, but like you know, they had the little weight room off the side of the practice field. You know, what I'm saying you get your lift in after practice, and some dude had beef, or they were trying to compete for a job, and dude put the guy was benching, he put the bar on his neck. <laughs> like, I, like it was a street, like I was out some of prison. Like, stuff, oh, this is the NFL. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, that's how bad, you know, they, they want this. That's why I loved it. I love hey, it. Hey, I was thinking about you, right? And I was like watching these old YouTube highlight tapes, trying to jog my memory in lieu of our conversation. And this kind of ties back into like it being a different era. <laughs> it's funny. Like when you go back and look at pictures of yourself as a player, we were all fat, right? Like why, yeah, how, how heavy did you get at Notre Dame? 218 crazy or 06. yeah 06 when i showed up for training camp i was 218 why did we because i played it like 250 like why did you know why and bill why, lewis why? always told me 202 when i played in the nfl at 202 people thought i was almost 20 and i moved i, I mean it was incredible how, how much faster i can move but one of my first recruiting trips to stanford Tyrone Willingham's at Stanford, what you would call it, Bill da Bob Davies at Notre Dame. And the first person I see Notre Dame take the field is Grant Irons. I just assumed, like, your biceps, your arms, this is how you were supposed to look if you were going to play in college. And I don't know what that always is as, like, teenage boys with their bench pressing. Oh, true. With their, with their biceps, like, really thinking that this has anything to do with any anything. But it scared you, so you think you're going to scare people. And now you've just – you're doing – you're doing tries and buys at the end for 20 minutes instead of working on your bird, working on your technique and doing – but you don't know what you don't know. You're getting away on talent. I love and, it. Athletic, you know, athletic ability. No one's, no one's beating you on your footwork. No one's outrunning you. No one's doing any of that. No, it's fascinating. Yeah, because like you talk about high school kids, because the lifting weights, Tom, is the easy part. Lifting way easy. easy. Way easy. You know, the running, the technique, the footwork, all that stuff's like actual work. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny too because like you see, you know, I remember like I saw like Rocky Boyman on my recruiting yeah. trip, who was literally built like a freaking Greek god. He looked like a comic, like a superhero. Yeah, I'm thinking Julius Jones, like even a running, he's 5'8". He's three inches shorter than me and somehow 20 pounds of muscle more than me. How does, how is this a thing? What, yeah, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to tackle this dude? Yeah, no, he was a freak too. Yeah, dude. And then a dude like RG, even RG running around there. Someone built like that. He twisted me up one time so bad freshman year, I never wanted to play defense again. Just thinking about trying to tackle Julius Jones and Ryan Grant. Yeah, because you had, and this is another great Zibby story. This is like a... Uh, these are stories that like I think that you and I share because you had a nerve thing like your yeah. sophomore year you had a nerve thing yeah. all year and then Jim Russ our athletic trainer at the time I remember dude he was stuffing towels, towels. <laughs> I'm racking he was stuffing towels and pantyhose and like tied it around <laughs> your neck like a scarf to try and with tiger balm and massage tiger balm on my trap that was that's how I played that's and how I played Tennessee just... I played Tennessee like that no, yeah, and you heard it in like the third quarter. I remember that. You stingers, still hear me? Okay? Just like non yeah, just nonstop stingers. But uh, but I remember like Jim's tying this fucking thing around your neck. And I'm like, Jim, I'm sitting right next yeah. to you. Because you weren't <laughs> saying nothing, because you were just <laughs> no, I don't know. 
And I was like, Jim, we got to do better than that. And then he yeah, flipped you did. the shit on I me. I remember this, 100%. And I was just trying to stick up for you. Like, dude, these yeah. are starting safety. Like, can we, like, let him set out of practice or something? But that – No, they would put – remember they put – I would look like Waterboy. They'd put that necklace <laughs> with the cowboy cowl on me during practice and then wrap a towel around me for game day. This is 19 years old. This is my intro to football. Big-time program. Of, yeah, no doubt. Big-time program. So – Talk to me real quick, kind of switching gears, like, and I remember this, another conversation you and I had, like, and I think it's relevant with Coach Freeman coming in as a recruiter, signing his guys. Could you talk about, you know, because you were here for a couple years under Willingham and then Weiss came in. And I remember you were talking like Weiss is kind of like more pro his guys, not so much. Yeah, like you guys kind of got yeah. to take a back seat, or you you were made to feel as well. Could you talk about that at all in terms of like that new coach adjustment, what that can do for a locker room, older guys in the team, et cetera? Yeah, for us, for me at that time, I think uh, we had three re- three returning starters on defense: Derek Landry, Victor Abiyamiri, and myself. Um, and Victor? Uh, no, uh, yeah. was tra- Trevor wasn't starting yet, huh? Not yet, not yet. He right. was in rotation. He's not starting. But we Real quick, four- dude, by the way, real quick, Trevor Laws, maybe one of the best, most underrated players in Notre Dame history. He was, uh, he was him and Derek. Unbelievable. Landry, I mean, Derek, Derek was so – and the thing is, they really – man, they had to play almost every rep. We did not have much rotation, if any rotation. I don't think people really understand how different often – that- Different game back then. Man, these guys played every play, and I really had to play at about six to eight yards from the line of scrimmage. That's how boundary safety played. That's really what my assignment was, give a little – give that support and be uh, an eighth man in the box. But Trevor was – Trevor was so athletic. Um, You know, seeing him as a wrestler, always – seeing him as a friend and always getting into scuffles, making up mixed martial arts fights with one glove each and wrestling and, you know, I mean, back putting holes in walls and stuff. He was, um, an exceptional well, I, remember him and, I remember when him and Carlson went at it. Cause John Carlson was a like world-class wrestler too. I remember they Sullivan, John Sullivan, excuse me. Sorry, John Sullivan. Yeah. You know, uh, it was like clash of the Titans in the locker room. Man, they, yeah. But yeah, I, I, t- I, I distracted you. We're talking about that transition with White. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we, um, does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Culture change. Um, I got Bill Lewis, who to this day I think is man the best coach I've ever been around. He was um, 
who I model myself as, who I want to be as a coach is what I saw him do, not with me, but everyone else um, in the meeting room. Um, Charlie brought a little more no nonsense. You weren't as comfortable as you were, I guess, to maybe go see him. I mean, you know me, I wasn't going to see Ty. I wasn't going to see Charlie either way. I'm not trying to see any um, adult. You're not, you're not a brown adult, adult authoritative. Yeah, I'm not trying to be anywhere around there unless I'm in trouble and getting out of it. So, I mean, I'm not really uh, trying to be there. But I, I, we, uh, I think we were craving what we needed. We needed kind of that culture change. So, um, you know, for me, it was a good experience because then we're in the Fiesta Bowl the next year and we're in the Sugar Bowl the following year. So it was, you know, something that I missed Ty. I liked Kent Bear. I really liked Greg Madison. I loved Mickey Mirati. So seeing those people leave was um, tough, but also um, you know, I had been a free agent in peewee football. So all this transition and new coaches and new faces, like really, I didn't really care. You know what I mean? It was, let me just show you what I can do. And at that point, no one had let me return punts. He let me return punts. I mean, I couldn't ask no for anything better. Yeah. That was your, I idea. remember they were Mike Haywood. We were watching some bowl game or some highlight and somebody takes a punt back and they're jokingly saying, we need to find somebody like that. Who do we have? And my boys, whoever in my class was around, said I, you know, pointed at me. Probably Joe Brockington or like Travis, you know what I mean? It was who it was one of the just we happened to be in the football office and that's how it all started. And you did did you do it in high school, I assume? No, no. I mean a little bit. I was a high school quarterback. So I mean and a running back. My whole life I was a running back. The only pump return experience I had was one bouncing off my chest. I mean, I could do some kickoff return, but um no, that's I, fascinating. I didn't know that. I don't think a lot yeah. of people. So you you started returning punts. My third year in college. Yeah, yeah, my third year in college. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, because I was at that, and I'm just jumping around, dude. But I was at that, you know, the Bush push game. I was on the yeah. sidelines, and that was, um, you know, the best game I'll ever see. Like, I'll go to, I'll, you know, I'll die knowing that was the best game <laughs> What was uh, what was like yeah. your guys' mindset if you could like go back, you know, as a team, you know, and USC was peak USC at that point in yeah. time. Did you guys? I mean, was it like we're gonna beat that ass? Was it like we're just gonna go play hard? You know, what was the level of confidence? Do you remember? Yeah, man. Oh four, they won this. We're on spring break in oh five, and I tell Ryan Harris that I'm gonna take a punt back against SC that's how far in advance that game was at least in my mind huh. that's March that's March and we played them in October so March of 05 I've already had it etched in my stone that etched in etched, etched in my mind that uh some way or another I'll make a mark in this game so that goes back brought it to like you wanting to be great I mean that's what that is it if it's yeah and I mean, I'm not saying I didn't believe, but I really believed it. I saw it. I had yes. some, something happened. I don't know where it was. And even the night before, I told my brother to walk. You know, I'm going to take my first. This is, I'm going to have. And that's when first, you did that thing? This is my first pump return. This is my first pump return. That was for him, right? When you were no, that was team. for my oldest teammate. 
Well, if you look, when I raised the ball, homie, that's the same way you scored when you did Tennessee. So I did Mike Goolsby, and, oh, then, my oldest, and then my oldest friend, uh, Scott Klein. So his dad, Scott Klein's dad, let my brother, was the first coach to let my brother play baseball while my brother would be having seizures on the pitching mound, would still allow him to pitch, be a part of the team, not be afraid of what the consequences could be. So for me, having that as a friend, um, in my biggest moment, I had to. I love that, man. That that's that's because this is the thing, dude. Because like, yeah, like I was just thinking, I was like, man, remember when Kent Bear? Remember Kent Bear to act, told you to act like you've been there before? And I was like, fuck, bro, I never. You know, I, never <laughs> I scored a two point conversion at Soldier Field one time in the prep bowl in high school, but uh, but it's yeah. funny that Tennessee game. I remember no, they were circ- good. You know, they were good. Well, they were top 10 or whatever. But I remember circling that game in high school when I committed to Notre Dame because I figured I was going to redshirt, which I didn't. But because I, I just knew about that stadium. So I had, you know, visions of grandeur five years beforehand looking forward to that game. That's fascinating. How cool, How cool was that stadium? So I heard after the fact, to answer your question, bro. When I was in Dallas, there was a linebacker there, Kevin Burnett, number two, great player. It was a second round. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, good, super good dude too. But he told me that he was told that the stadium was so loud that game that the ball was moving on the ground. Like his center told him, like the it was so loud that the ball was shaking. And I was like, I believe it. I don't know what who their D lineman was that started making plays in that third quarter, but that's you can talk to the person that was. Six, you really, I couldn't hear anything. I mean, it was the loudest I've ever heard. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, outside of, outside of like, you know, your boys, right? Like the locker room and all that stuff. If you'll miss that, you'll never get that back. You'll never have that same experience. But like also, like shit, you could pay to go to the moon nowadays. Like you cannot replicate an experience of like, like an no. SEC night game on the road. Like, Hell just, no, you know, dude. we'll never get it back, but it's great, man. Chaos. Let's make some chaos in the car. Co- and what's it called? When he uh, misspelled chaos on a PowerPoint. That K A Y O S. That chaos, chaos, chaos. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, that's for, <laughs> for, for people watching. Coach Willingham was a big PowerPoint guy because nothing motivates you like a PowerPoint. Yeah. And he would tend to misspell words, and chaos was a. Uh, one of the words that he had misspelled, but yeah, I don't know what else I got. Like, I just, uh, I want to reconnect, you know, it's the off season. It's, it's, I'm going to try and make it a point to get some ex teammates and, you know, Notre Dame celebrities yeah, like yourself. I'm glad you're doing that. I appreciate I'm you coming on, but I'm Hey, real quick, are you pretty in tune with like Notre Dame football nowadays? Do you pay attention? I am not, but I'm starting to open up to, uh, Wanting to maybe coach or get back to South Bend at least maybe help you know, I'm uh, I left football bitter and mad at everyone so I'm starting to, you know, and I'm in Kalamazoo I'm not too far from it I gotta see what's gonna happen in at uh, Western Michigan if nothing's co- if nothing's going on man I wouldn't mind going back to South Bend at all because I do like Marcus I like what he's about and I mean how would you be as a recruiter I think nowadays football's football you got to be able to recruit. How yeah. would you be as a recruiter? How do you think I'd be? I think I'd kill. I mean, I think I'd kill it. Yeah, you got me. I think the same thing. I, <laughs> I, I do. Myself. I mean, I, I think yeah. I think being relatable. I think that's the one thing that uh, 
I think that's one thing about Tom Zibikowski that Notre Dame football fans loved and felt is like you're And right now, what's my motive, man? I've accomplished it. Like we've said, I know I do know I've accomplished things and I don't, my life isn't going to depend. I've saved, I've legit saved from burning buildings, people's lives, you know, being an NFL coach or winning a national championship or winning a Super Bowl, really, I would love to do it. It's important to me, but impacting a kid's life is way more important. And I think any kid, when you think back, man, the 17, 18, 19 year old, you knew who was full of shit and who was real within seconds, man. You can't fake, you can't, you can't, you know what I mean? It's hard to, uh, so if that's, if that's what you're bringing to the recruiting trail, that's what I was saying. I think that's why, I think that's why people like me, that people like me, it's because I'm myself and without a doubt. You know, and I love you. Still you. You know, that's interesting. That, but I think that, like, that legacy piece is what you're basically saying. You know, like that? you affecting kids' lives, that's going to be part yeah, of yeah, your legacy. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I dig it, man. Hey, Mike, are you still with us? I'm getting back to my co host. I'm here, man. <laughs> there he is. Hey, yeah. Do we have any like super chats that you want to run through or like anything like that? I told the people not to post super chats so that we could just let you guys talk but if the people want to uh want to ask any questions we do want to spend a few minutes doing well, questions. Like, yeah let's let some real, people ask let's see let's see yeah so real quick zibby go rapid fire but like um yeah let's just kind of go pop them off one by one is what i'm thinking well we did have one earlier uh a, a guy uh talking about your 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 dog breed he says he has five of them and he wants to see your pup so maybe you're gonna have to the shepherds uh, no, dude, you got a shepherd. Yours? You bought dogs from Joe, right? Yeah, mine passed. Mine passed in May, though. It's a, sensitive, it's a sensitive subject for me. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess Goolsby's going to uh, to get his dog. Or not? Getting this borble here, dude. But anyways, next <laughs> next, uh, next uh, super chat. All right, people, draw, uh, post some questions. Um, yeah, I literally told him not to because I didn't want to uh, feel <laughs> obligated to interrupt the. Uh... Oh, there it's we go. Borble. There it is. All right, get off. Boy, right, get out of here. Anyways, that's that's for the super chatter. Get out of here. Um, Zibby, I, I, w- I would like to know real quick about the – I mean, my I, my jaw literally dropped when you dropped the little uh, – the nugget about uh, you interviewing for Western Michigan because there's a lot of Notre Dame ties at that school right now with Lance Taylor, the head coach, yeah. obviously, you know, former Notre Dame running back coach – Several guys who like were grad assistants slash analysts at Notre Dame are now uh, coaches there. Just how cool is all that Notre Dame connection at, at Western Michigan? And then, you, how long have you you been there now? Uh, one season. I was there last season, and then um, it'll be a whole lot cooler if they hire me. Other than, <laughs> I mean, if they, <laughs> if they don't, they can go fudge themselves. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. <laughs> no, but you said before, dude, you kind of, you kind of, because you uh, buzzed the tower in terms of trying to get back to Notre Dame under under Coach Kelly, and that didn't quite. We'll save all the details, yeah. but that that didn't quite no. go anywhere, you know. But yeah, he, and that's part you know, that's part of the bitterness, and I like I had, you know I would uh, I'd love to be back there if I could. I mean, I'm in no hurry. I'd like to, you know, as long as I'm helping kids, I I do like coaching. I like being involved. I really like to start implementing a lot of the things that I saw, special teams wise, defensively, and 
see if my brand of football wins or not. <laughs> Did have a question here from Milton fan says, what does um, Zibby like about Marcus Freeman? Um, that he stays fit. <laughs> he stays fit. Yeah, I've said time. I've said before. I'm like, man, <laughs> all the all the all the uh, all the things that are on a head coach's plate. Like, how does he carve out? I mean, could you to stay that should shape, dude? That's eight hours a week in the gym at least, right? Ooh. Six to eight hours a week. Yeah, where's he finding that time? I don't know. But I think Coach Freeman early you know, discipline. You either got to discipline. Discipline. He's got that early. You got to have that early. Uh, you got to get that workout early because you know you're not going to do it later. I like getting it in early and then going. I, I can watch film better. I can speak better. I can communicate better. I always like getting the early, early, early workout. Well, yeah, you get and I mean, work. when the boys, you know, it takes these boys like 10 minutes to stretch and warm up and all that. I got a five minute planking and 100 push ups. Five minute plank. I mean, it's three. I exaggerate, but I mean, yeah, I'm doing funny. three. Dude, I haven't done a sit up in like six years. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, I think, you know, all kidding aside, I think we're going back to that authenticity piece. I think Freeman has been on brand throughout. Like, I, you know, yeah. he's wavered a little bit on the side on the sidelines as he's learning. But like he seems like I mean, I, I'm buying what he's selling. You know, yeah, I like him. I like him. I'd um, like to see, you know, I'd like to uh, get a closer look and then I'd have better judgment on it. But from an outsider, it seems like he's got all the pieces. Yeah, for sure. Right, y'all need help with the pun returner or something like that, or the return <laughs> to get y'all going. Dude, I love it. They, yeah, their punt return game has not been great lately. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey. Jesus, yeah. All right, uh, for BC, appreciate it. he says Zibby. Are you still close with your teammates? Like obviously Jeff Samarge, and I'm guessing Trevell's what Trevor Laws. Um, so yeah. Talking to these guys, Zibby. Yeah, so we still uh, keep in contact. Um, up on each other's families and lives all of us are fathers now so we got kids that were um you know kids and families we're looking after but i was always looking to see trevor jeff up in uh minnesota whenever i can we always we all we've always been family since uh man our junior year since there's since spring game notre dame spring game of 2002 i think you know we saw each other all from the first time then and then we're close, you know, close like family since then. And all also, I mean, I don't know Jeff and Trevor in the way you do, but like rock solid dudes. Like yeah, they're, they're just yeah. good dudes, good people. Yeah. All right. Eric uh, asks you, Zibby, if you could give one piece of advice to a Notre Dame football player, what would it be? To a Notre Dame football player. Um I mean, enjoy it, man. There's nowhere else where you really do get the teams, regardless of their record, regardless of uh, how their program is, man. You really get their best every single game. There's very few. The NFL is really the only place like it where any any given Sunday anything can happen. That's, I think, the lure of going to Notre Dame. Uh, but you better be careful what you wish for. It's going to come true. What does it take to be – I've been talking about this on this podcast, you know, since I've been doing it. And, like, you love boxing, but you love football. And it, like, showed. Yeah. It yeah. oozed, like, competitiveness, fire, like, compete, right? And I've said, like, Notre Dame doesn't have enough kids 
through my lens that like love, you know, that would like, you know, yeah. die for this, right? Like, I mean, what does it take for a Notre Dame football kid, you know, advice wise to be successful, to find success on the football field? What does that take? Do you have any thoughts there? Um, you know, for us, I think we knew our history. I knew the past players. It wasn't just the players. I could, I could name players for you that were played before 1985. I was born in 1985. I knew um, those teams that did win. Um, I knew that a lot of times it was tough kids from Chicago. It was tough kids from Detroit. And it was a mix from the rest of the country. Um, but there was a sense of... Uh, Humility, really? We're smarter, yeah. We're, we're, we can match wits with you and we can throw fists toe-to-toe if you want. How you want. How do you want me to beat you? I can outthink you and I can out-physical you. So whatever you, however you want to step to this, we can step to this. And so if you don't have answer. that mentality... If you can't take it on the road, don't enjoy home games. You better enjoy road games. You really better do because you're getting the team's best every single time. And even our home games in some ways are like away games because it means that much to other teams. You better live that life. You better be about that life or you're going to get crushed. So right? you're, so what I'm hearing you say, I'm distilling that downtime. It's toughness. Yeah. Okay. And that's learned. You got to just keep fighting, man. It's battling. You got to keep fighting. You got to, a lot of these kids, you know, they're the smartest or they're the brightest. Um, how do you respond when you get that, when you get them cheeks clapped? <laughs> hey, I got, a, I got a question for you, Zabit. So Goolsby talks about a lot uh, the sleepy atmosphere for Notre Dame afternoon home game says the, oh, yeah. the night games <laughs> yeah. are electric speak can you speak to that well a little bit um it's true tom so. it is because i you know i kind of enjoyed mass but i also am a boxer and i come from the realm of meditating and not really having music and not really being excited you know before you play a game i mean before you fight Football atmosphere is a little different where I don't know if mass or church was the best thing. I could see how it's useful. I don't know if that's part of it, but I mean, no jumbotron, no music, no, uh, I mean, I don't know. What do you expect? It's just how, it I don't know. I don't know if that's how it still was, but it definitely was like that for us. It was just, it's better. You know, it's, it better. it's better quiet. now, but I- what, what, what we're saying like holistically here is like you know bowling green or toledo right toledo's coming here this is their super bowl it's a 130 kickoff i just had class yesterday like it's yeah. hard to get up for those day games yeah. it's a very real thing it's, it's just it is. It's and really and the biggest thing is the other team it's the other team's super bowl man when you face another team whether they come from the mac whether it's central florida south florida whatever florida whatever, Utah, I don't care where it's coming from. You are about to get the team's best. It's the difference you see when you see NFL playoffs. How do teams with worse records be playing that good? You're getting everyone's best. That's how it is when you play in South Bend. I don't know if there's a way to get home field advantage. There is. You got to get rid of turf and play on grass. It's got to be a rough style of football. You got to do something different 
that makes it a home field advantage. Tom, real quick. More sweets, bigger sweets. It should be the scariest place to play. I don't get why it isn't, but, you know. Hey, who's our just one-word answer? Maybe, you know, you can elaborate. Who's Who, through your eyes, is Notre Dame's biggest rival? Who? Through your eyes. When we were when we were playing, I really felt like it was Michigan. Okay. I, I don't know how you felt. I would uh, agree. There was teams I thought I, it was yeah, I thought the USC was real, but I mean they were so good at that time. It was like, man, we were, you know, we were I remember my freshman year, we were watching Reggie Bush, another freshman, just run whoo all over the field for touchdowns. It's like we got, you know, not that we weren't gonna beat them. We played tough against them. It's just it's uh I thought that Michigan was real in proximity. Our stadiums look similar. That tradition is similar. A lot of similarities between those two. I always had a respect for USC. Yeah. There's other teams that I hated, you know. I hated Purdue. I hate Purdue. Same. Uh, I hate Boston Purdue. College. Uh, yeah. Anyways. I don't think I've ever beat Boston College. I'm 0-2 against Boston College. I'm I mean, Pittsburgh, our Pittsburgh – you know, you're our 04 Pittsburgh. Oh, God. <laughs> that, I mean, that alone made me ne- hate them. So, you know, Tommy makes a play at the end of the game, wild game, wild game, and they call pass interference on somebody else. And, you know, you ended the game. I tried Jackson, to play Jansen, Yeah, intercept. And Quentin Burrell had almost three consecutive third down PBUs that are called pass interferences. Yeah, we got screwed. My, my oh, dad, that was a hose job of all hose jobs. My dad, Tom. My dad got physically. Yeah. My dad vomited <laughs> after that game. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, he was so sick. He literally was ill. Like after. You can't blame. You know, you don't blame referees and all that. But it was even to old school dads that never blame <laughs> anyone else's for losses. They're like, yo, something's fishy here. Yeah, it was wild. Any more questions, Mike? Yeah, got a couple here. Um, we had uh, Susan asked, "What current players do you see as potential NFLers?" Um, not sure if uh, Zibby, you're, you're, how familiar you are with the current Notre Dame roster, but Ghouls be able. Yeah, to not too much. Yeah, not Ghouls. A lot of them. I mean, obviously, both tackles: Blake Fisher, Joe Walt. Uh, the tight end, the plus. tight end for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, well, the mayor's gone. I mean, that's like a for you know foregone conclusion. One of those wide receivers will be an NFL kid, but we're looking for higher end kids, Susan. I think that's that's true too, right, Tom? When kids think about playing in the NFL, they think about being a first round pick. But yeah. I think both of our corners are NFL guys. I think one of our safeties is an NFL guy. NFL guy. I think some of our younger linebackers could be NFL guys. I think Riley Mills could be an NFL guy. Um, but you know, it's so so many of these positions. It just comes down to movement skills and body types. You know, Riley Mills is an NFL body. Um, but, you know, also, Tom, you could attest to this, tying it back to your class. Dude, Tom, off the top of my head, Tom Zivikowski, NFL. Jeff Samarja could have been NFL. He was a freaking Bolitnikoff finalist. Yeah. Ryan Harris. Yeah, yes. big-time player. Yeah, Ryan Harris. John, John Sullivan. Sullivan was in your class. John Carlson. John Carlson. Trevor Both Laws. Both Johns were in your class, right? Yeah. Yep. Trevor Laws. Victor Trevor Laws. Abby Meary. I mean, I think that um, you, your class had nine, ten dudes. Chinnadum and Dukeway. Chinnadum and Dukeway. Hey, Nadu, I had that note great. in my phone. I just forgot. Yeah. And he played a different position in the NFL, like, you know, from wide receiver to safety. My point is, good teams at, at Notre Dame will put more dudes in the NFL. End the conversation. 
It's true. You win more awards. So if Notre Dame wins more games, Susan, you'll see more guys get drafted just the way of things. And that's how that's how NFL teams draft. They look for who's been successful. There's a reason teams. If you're not successful, how good of a player could you have been? Yep. All right, we have one um, from uh, Domer Wap. It says, I recall you donated some boxing prize money to Weiss's foundation, which is a class move. Uh, are you still in touch with Weiss or any of your former Notre Dame coaches? Uh, Rick Minner a little bit. I talked to Charlie. I talked to a little bit now that I was coming back to football. This really was, you know, last winter and spring is when I started trying to get back into the uh, – college ranks and big time football. So it's been a lot of seeing old faces. I lost, I saw a lot of faces at the convention in Charlotte. There was my John McDonnell, Rob Bianello. It was, um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of coaches now that I'm getting back to it. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Chris says with all due respect to Goolsby, Zibby is my favorite Irish player of all time, all day tough. Great to see you Zibby. Uh, appreciate the, the super chat, Chris. Uh, and then uh, I think a lot of people would, you know, echo that same sentiment. You know, how does that feel, Zibby? It's, I mean, I don't like for real. You know, I'm not blowing no smoke. There was, he took me in like he was an older brother, man. I really didn't want to tackle, I didn't want to play defense. Like, he, he really taught me how to play defense. He taught me that tackling when I hit, when you run through people, it's not going to hurt. The stuff really isn't, you know, you got shoulder pads on. There was a lot of things that Mike said that. Really, man, for me into the defensive player, at least I was. I, there was only – I mean, I watched – sat out one season and then played. I mean, I watched Ed Reed and, like, some other guys that I'd watch play. But other than that, I didn't know how to play defense. And Mike was someone that taught me how to tackle. He taught me, you know, really how to care about a program, even if there's other players that – complain about being sore that don't like where they're at that don't you know I really saw him weed out all that bs and stay focused on what his task at hand was and it wasn't necessarily going to the NFL it was being the best version of him it was being proud of where you played for a lot of it was just being pride in where you're at not looking to transfer not make make the situation you're at better than where when you came in is I think another thing of how me and Mike were raised, whatever it is, you go in and you change the culture, you change the situation, make it what you want it to be. Mike. I, yeah, I, just, I just think, I think, um, you know, you talk about like your legacy as a football player, Tommy, you made so many freaking plays, dude, you know? And it's like, I feel like all the plays, the highlight stuff almost takes away from me who you were as a player. It was just a tough yeah. SOB. Yeah. And it's like, if I didn't get it, you know, I didn't make as many plays as you, but I was like, I never missed a practice. You know, you played through all these injuries and this and that. Like, and I was like, I never wanted anybody to doubt my toughness. And that was what was yeah. important to me. You know, that's what I kind of hung my hat on. I was like, I'm going to be a tough motherfucker, like, period. And that's what mattered to me. To be relied on, man. I knew no matter what the situation, how high the team was ranked or how low the team was ranked, 41 in front of me was going to be where he needed to be, take on whatever block he needed to take on and help out his team any way he knew yeah, possible. Yeah, dude. Spilling the ball to Zibby. Anyway. And you play for each other. After that, that's how you start. You know, that's where it all goes from. 
Yeah. All right. I've got one more uh, question from the chat for uh, for Zipkowski. Then I've got one from your notes, Mike, that I want to make sure we cover. And then if there's anything else. We can else wrap we're... it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, BCF. about to die. Uh, how, how many games have you been back for? Me? Yeah. Only one. Which one was that? USC Notre Dame. I have no idea what year. Jeff, Jeff, and Jeff and Trevor Laws took me to the game. I don't. I don't. They I'm, the same way, I'm, I'm there, telling you, and I'm telling you unintentionally. That's why I wanted to get you on here. I was like, I, you know, Zibby needs to get back into the Notre Dame. It's just I'm telling you, like I did this stupid podcast. You know, a lot of it, and it wasn't Notre Dame. It was me hating football. You know, yeah. Everything. It's I'm taking. It's it's uh, and I'm petty, man. I hold grudges, so it's you know, it's take. It's this is. This is healing for me. This really is because, it, um, you know, this is shit. This is, like I said before, I've said what I had to say about Mike. That's the reason. That's what kept me there. There's, without him, if there is Irish fans that like me over him, man, I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him. Oh, that's all baloney. But I'm just saying, yeah. I wouldn't, back, man. Get, I back wouldn't. The, get back. I'm telling you, get back into the Notre Dame fold. And it's like, and I did this podcast. Singer had to drag me through the mud and it like, it's given me a lot of personal momentum. It's been a beautiful thing. And it's like, uh, whatever grudges you good have. People, man, I know there's so many good people and there was so many. Hell yeah. Dude. That end zone, that end zone, that end zone, I would score it against USC. I don't know if it's North or South end zone. I just know there's a whole lot of South side Irish that, that take their families, man. Those are the, the seats that families can afford. And it meant a lot to me that that's, where I scored and lit, you know, since man, if that, that end zone, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe Mike knows it too, but that's, there's something about, yeah, you know, who was, you know, so I was childhood, man. That's, that's child. That's where we sat when we went as kids. I was, I was on the sideline for that game and, you know, my parents were in that end zone, just like yeah. you said, you know, seats you can afford, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, what was the next question, Mike? Uh, Zibby, your thoughts on NIL. I mean, you talked earlier about the number nine Jersey and how you don't know if it's yours. Well, I mean, now yeah. that that that's like the that's a real thing you know you can make money on that now as a player plus i can only make my purse money i couldn't make all the money that would have been involved with my pro debut that so i don't really like we're talking about nil money is like millions of dollars lost for me so i don't really like talking about it but he's not wrong either yeah no and uh, i'm all right with it because the stuff that we talked about earlier i think every young man really man should learn what it's like to get used and abused think it's think some things one thing and find out it's a whole nother thing i think is good for character and i think all the young men in this country should should go through it so no money it is what it is um karma is real so if they don't use this money for good things all that stuff's going to come back to them so god bless the young kids that all think they're studding on you know i mean have fun. Have fun with those mistakes. You're saying you're saying Tom prioritize the right things. Figure out what the right things yeah. are and prioritize that. Yeah. 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 And I'm talking ish because I've you know they're getting paid and we had to be starving and oh, order. Dude, been a we had to get gold. We had to get gold Yeah. And I had to fight to get paid because I was starving otherwise at nighttime, man. There's only so much general sal you can get from whatchamacallit for six ninety nine at nighttime. That Golden Dragon or whatever it was that was down the road. You know what I'm talking about. I love that place. Sure. I ate a lot of hamburger helper, dude. That's how I got that. And then whatever food. Yeah, so did I. I had Chef Boyardee. My dad would bring some prosciutto and provolone from some Italian deli. 
it would get dropped off by the time I would get to it. There would be one slice of meat, and I would see Trevor with greasy-ass hands wiping off his hands on his shirt like, I don't know who ate all my pursuit provolone and all the food my dad just bought for me. That's too funny. That's too funny. Chef Boyardee, though, that's what I lived on. Ravioli. That's what I had for dinner tonight. <laughs> it really it's good is. when it's good it's good when it's good it's good we're gonna do it. Yeah. hey mike we got anything else going on i don't want to keep tom anymore any longer we're good. we are good man he said his battery's dying tom i love you dude i'm glad you did this I'm glad you guys had me i'm glad we could reconnect the other day too all Fantastic. right thanks for joining us tom have a good one man yeah all right guys all right, Mike. That was pretty awesome, man. Thoughts on uh, thoughts on talking to Zivi? Um, no, and I, I, I mean thoughts. I haven't, I haven't been. You know, I'm guilty. Tom's guilty. Life gets in the way. So, uh, in a roundabout way, thanks to you for giving me this platform to reconnect with an old teammate, little brother of mine, and Zivi. So. Uh, I hopefully again just more of the same. Bring on yeah. ex players throughout the off season, you know, keep putting out fun content. But that was fun, man. Zibby, Zibby is. I'm telling you, I like to think of myself as a tough dude, kind of a badass. Zibby is a bona fide badass, you know, um, high character guy. Um, love the love the dude, man. Who do you want on next? I have to think about it. Yeah. We'll, we'll Drop it in the comments. Drop it in the comments. Oh my God, Mike! That's all people have been talking about in the comments or who they want next. So. Well, we'll see if I can't pull some strings. All right. I mean, you got Brady Quinn, you got Tom Zabikowski. I mean, I can't wait. Who? How about you got uh, Preston Jackson on for us a couple years ago? Well, I told you about that funny exchange I had with Rocket Ishmael at the. Um... For the spring game, the spring game thing when I dogged him when he dog he dogged us on ESPN and I gave him the business in the tunnel at Michigan State and I bumped into him at the spring game thing and he instantly jumped into that story and I actually have it on video. Preston of all people recorded it, so maybe Rocket would be fun to get on. You know, he's a fun, he's a very animated guy. Could you imagine? Yeah, hey man. So. All right, folks. I'd, like to get, I'd like to get Coach Madison on too. You know, Greg Madison, who re- I think probably recruited Zimmy, recruited me. I mean, a Hall of Fame recruiter. Yeah. He's seen it all, done it all. I um, like this comment, Mike. Yeah. Um, Ty Willingham. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna veto that one. <laughs> I'm guessing Tom uh, or I'm guessing Tyrone Willingham's not saving your phone. Well, to be honest with you, and this is the type of stuff that like Zibby would get, like he would feel me on this. So I was Coach Willingham's captain. You know, when Zip, when Coach Willingham gets let go, do you think there's any correspondence between Coach Willingham to me and or like, hey, if you ever need anything? There was none of that. You know, so yeah, I have no love for Willingham. Maybe if you were a golfer. When Bob Davey, when Bob Davey got fired, he wrote us all a letter. If you ever need anything, wrote a letter to my parents. Hmm. That's something like classy people do. 
you know, he recruited me there. Uh, I can't speak for any other kids, but no, Tyler Willingham's not coming on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll sign us off there. Mike, I appreciate your time tonight. Folks watching um, on YouTube, hit that thumbs up. Uh, that really does help like uh, get more eyeballs. You know, the, the YouTube algorithm likes when videos have a bunch of likes on them. So please do um, hit that thumbs up, subscribe to our channel. Somehow you have not done so yet. And uh, yeah, we'll be on what biweekly, biweekly in off season. I dig it. Yeah, biweekly. I mean, time flies. So yeah, yeah. maybe every couple of weeks. Yeah, sounds great. All right, spend the Mike Goolsby show. Make sure you hit that thumbs up. Mike Singer, Mike Goolsby here. Uh, head to blueandgold.com for all your latest Notre Dame football coverage, of course. And uh, yeah, guys, we'll we'll catch you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed it's time to go dancing on america's number one sports book right now new customers get 200 dollars in bonus bets if your first five dollar bet wins on fanduel that's 200 bucks to use on point spreads money lines you can even pick who's going to win it all just visit fanduel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.